Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Here to give you a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business, it's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Wow, we got a really, really, really cool guest on our show today with over 20 years of leadership experience in digital and tech-focused businesses. Like a true, true tramp champion of entrepreneurship, he has run from a bootstrap startups to multi-billion dollar Fortune 100 companies and never stops. Earlier in his career, Darpan ran his own e-commerce consulting firm in Chicago called Leap Matrix, providing tech consulting and digital marketing services to giant online retailers, which led him to a senior level career as vice president at Sears Holdings, overseeing the initial launch of Sears.com and tech and product teams for Sears.com, as well as Kmart.com, which generated, get this, over $1 billion in annual revenue. In 2012, Darpan's extensive e-commerce and digital Digital marketing career led to co-founding Fashionara.com, a fashion-focused e-commerce marketplace for the Indian market. And within two years of launch, Fashionara became one of the leading destinations for fashion shopping in 
India. Also the founder of squadhelp.com, DartPound now operates a crowdsourcing platform that connects creatives from across the globe with startups and businesses, get this, for upscaling their brands through innovative business naming. Man, there's a business for everything. Also the current CTO for large newspaper companies such as the Washington Post and Indian Times, Indian's national largest news publisher, DartPound, is going to share with us today about creating a sustainable e-commerce for startups. Darpan, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Rivers. It's a pleasure to be on. Great to have uh, have you here. And the first thing I want to dive into is you've had over 20 years of leadership experience in the digital and tech-focused area of business. You know, um, when you started, were you kind of like the oddball back then, 20 years ago, and people said, what the heck are you trying to do? You know, it was sort of like that because, you know, at that time, e-commerce was so new, especially for traditional retailers like Sears. Um, you know, everybody would love to shop in the store. I mean, you want to touch and feel the products. You want to, right. uh, you know, buy it in person. So e-commerce, you know, everybody had a question, will this ever work? Will people actually shop right. online? And here we are 20 <laughs> yeah. years later and uh, look at where Amazon is. So, yes, it has yeah. been an interesting journey. Yeah, I bet. Well, definitely a uh, you know a a, a, a forger of, of new new paths for sure. Um, I, I got to ask you this: so you see where we are today and where we've come from. What's your uh, forecast for the next twenty years? Twenty years from now, go into your uh, your time uh, your time capsule and uh, come out twenty years from now. What do you think it's going to be like? You know, I don't claim to be, you know, an expert in forecasting <laughs> where things might go. I'm not going to hold you to it, by the way, but obviously you've got experience sure, in this. But, sure. yeah. I, I think the few things that, that will evolve, I believe, over time, I think, um, I don't believe that physical retail will die. I think there is always going to be room for physical shopping, but I do think these channels will evolve. I think um, um, uh, online shopping will become a kind of a, a, a come at the forefront of shopping, but uh, all these physical locations, uh, uh, I guess, will evolve more towards a showrooming kind of experience where you know, people can still go to a store, touch and feel the products. But uh, with all the advancements that are happening in delivery and logistics and making returns easy, I believe you will end up spending the same amount of time driving to a shopping mall versus getting the product delivered to your door if you were to shop online. So I think from that perspective, there will be a lot more uh, convenience that will come in through online shop. Right. I think that right. drive uh, a lot of shift in consumer behavior. You know, it's one of the biggest challenges, and you know, I, I would, I would kind of think, and you, you would have definitely experienced this, this, this with Sears.com and Kmart.com, was the whole, oh my gosh, I don't know if it's going to fit right um, when I get it. How did you guys deal with that particular inconvenience, if I could call it, when you uh, were were building those two, uh, those two locate or those, those two onlines? Uh, platforms. Yeah, so that, you know that is one of the um, uh, one of the reasons people do not shop online is what happens if this product doesn't fit me, or if you're buying, uh, you know, electronics or appliance, what if it doesn't work? So all those you know concerns are valid concerns. Um, there is a lot that is being done in the space of um, uh, apparel specifically, and and we did a lot of this as well at, at Sears and Kmart, and you know following up uh, with my own startup, uh, we actually you know 
uh, added a few more capabilities that that literally eliminated that whole problem. Uh, right. What we did at Sears and Kmart was more around you know building as much of upfront information as possible around sizing. Uh, you know, there's a lot right. there's a lot of um, um, standardization that you can do because if you buy one brand and you have a certain size, it's not necessarily the same style same size will work for you and another brand that you're looking for. So. You know, when it comes to online, it's all about building those correlations between different brands. You know, if you're used to shopping, you know, buying polo and, you know, you're looking to buy something else, uh, a size M would be a little too fit or a little too loose. So, so there's a lot of work we did in analyzing sizing and, you know, um, uh, the, the, the details around it. And then uh, what was interesting is engaging customers in that journey. So, you know, the whole um, uh, customer reviews, you know, all websites have that today you can you know go to any website and you'll see all the responses from people who bought that product but you know taking insights from those reviews uh, you can start asking people questions around whether something was too loose or too too tight right all those things help because as you start aggregating the data there is a lot of information that or a lot of insights that can come it come come out of it yeah uh, now, one thing interesting we did with, with my own startup at, at Fashionara was, in fact, you know, we right. we set up our own delivery team, and we would take the products to your house, and and we will our people team will actually wait for you to try those products on, and if they oh cool if the product doesn't fit, we will take it back immediately, and you get the full refund. So, you know, that actually makes the whole experience or this whole issue go away because then there is no risk. Then you can you can buy products, you can get them to your house, and then of course, you know, if you don't like them, you can uh, send them right back. Uh, of course, there is a cost that comes with something like that. Of course, but on yeah. the side, uh, it does improve the customer experience quite a bit. So that's an interesting point. So Fashionara, that's what you did. You do deal with that. We'll order online. We'll bring it to your house. You can try it on. Um, why wouldn't Sears and, uh, and Kmart do that exact same stretch? Seems like an obvious answer to a uh, inconvenient issue. You know, it's 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 it's. I think it's. It's mainly because of cost. Uh, you know, in 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 a country like India, it's it is. Even though there is a cost involved, um, uh, if you look at that cost as a comparison to uh, the actual profit margins, that cost is still small. Um, but if you have to do the same thing in a country like U.S., uh, right. it, it, it's unless you have a fairly robust army of your own delivery teams, it's it's just not practical. Um, even uh, you know, a company like Amazon is getting into that now. And of course, there is uh, more niche platforms like Trunk right. Hub. I mean, they are definitely offering services like those, but they can only afford to do those where they have their own delivery teams. And you know, any retailer, any large retailer at this point um, does not have their own delivery team to the most extent. I mean, in most cases, they will leverage UPS or FedEx or you know, one right. So it just uh, makes that whole experience um, uh, very difficult to 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 implement because uh, you're relying on third parties for your last mile. So um, brand is obviously uh, something that you recognize is very important to maintain the consistency of it. So when you had Fashionara, um, how did you go uh, about making sure that the brand experience that somebody had on your site was extended to ultimately when the customer is face-to-face with, uh, with one of your delivery people? Yeah, so we went through extensive level of 
training. And of course, it all starts with, you know, what is your vision for the brand? What are the three things that you want people to remember about you? And, you know, at any given time, uh, all companies have to make trade-offs in terms of, uh, you know, what's important and what is your focus right. area. Uh, in our case, we decided that the end-to-end customer experience, how fast we deliver the products, how easy is it to discover them online, needs to, you know, uh, to be the front and center of what we offer to customers and we built our website keeping all those things in mind so uh, mm. how you discover products uh, you would not only see the products you will actually see lookbooks where there are real people wearing those products you can kind of see videos of them walking around with those products so there's a lot we built to bring that experience uh, to life and on the delivery side we've uh, had an extensive training program for our uh, uh, delivery teams which would kind of uh, you know uh, go through that that whole you know brand journey and uh, make sure that the, the the way they engage with the customers the way they talk about things um, in fact how we pack the products um, uh, for both shipment and returns all those were you know included in that whole uh, you know uh, training program that we that kind of set up so it does Very require cool. a lot of effort but uh, mm-hmm. and you know if, if that's the focus that you want to go after it, it is important to kind of invest in in, in those Areas. Well, that's ultimately what the what your customers are investing in too, right? It's not just the clothing; it's the experience that goes with it. So you may got to make sure it's extended. Um, I got a question for you because you went through a similar experience that I've recently gone through um, uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, after a twenty five year career as an entrepreneur, and I'm still an entrepreneur, but I was uh, I was invited to take the role of a uh, of the entrepreneur in residence at the at our uh, Opportunities in New Brunswick was a local uh, crown corporation, the economic engine for the province. And so I went back from being an entrepreneur to being a a quasi-employee. And when you ran your consulting firm in Chicago, you know, you were doing all kinds of digital marketing services to retailers, giant retailers. And then you went to a career as vice president at Sears and so on. What was it? What was that trans, um, uh, I guess that, that, that bridging between being the entrepreneur and being the employee like for you and how, would you recommend it for entrepreneurs to consider it all in their career? So, you know, I would certainly recommend um, uh, for everyone to, you know, spend at least few years in in working for 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 companies because it, it just you know uh, gives you an experience that uh, that that allows you to become a better entrepreneur i mean in the uh. end my my uh, long term objective has always been to be an entrepreneur and and that's where i am right now but i yes. do think that the experience that i i, I got from companies like sears or kaplan or you know other companies that i work for were just amazing amount of learnings. Uh, you know, yes. the scale at which these companies work, uh, it, it will take years for a startup to achieve. And uh, yes. for you to kind of build that broad level perspective and 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 look at problems uh, and how to solve them in a in a different fashion, it just kind of uh, you know adds to kind of some of these learnings that you that you that you would you know take a much longer time if you were to kind of uh, go through all those uh, you know uh, 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 that entire journey yourself. So yes, I will highly right. recommend it. But uh, of course, uh, you know in the end, and if you, you know, if you are extremely passionate about running your own business, and if you have an opportunity right in front of you, and uh, uh, you know you, you're ready to jump in, of course, uh, you know that that's something that 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 you know that's that's uh, that that you can do. Uh, from my perspective, I do think it's it it helps. 
me. A little bit of a politician in you there, Darpan. You covered both <laughs> sides of it. <laughs> Good for you, man. So, uh, and, and I concur. I mean, I, I started in my career, I worked for two years for an organization, and I always like to say um, that it was a great education, which I get paid for instead of me having to pay for the education. So uh, sure. I concur. There's some value in that. Um, my friend, dive into the squad help. I'm just so intrigued with the fact that, uh, you know, given the plethora of, of options to find names and so on, that you have created this entity, this international entity uh, around the globe working with startups who are want to upscale their brands through innovative business naming. Can you dive a little deep in, in telling us about squad help and what's the pain point you're work, you, you're, uh, you, you help companies deal with? Yeah, absolutely. So let me kind of back up and maybe I can give you a few minutes of background on how this whole thing started. Uh, okay. Basically, I was. I mean, so Squad Health, first of all, is an accidental startup. I never expected to this to, for this to become a real real business. Uh, but uh, I myself was going through certain pain points when I was looking to launch my own companies, and then the biggest pain point I faced initially was how to come up a great name for that business. Uh, you know, it, it is something that seems very trivial, but at the same time, it can take a lot of time. It can be very frustrating because, uh, you know, every option that you come up with, uh, you find out that it's either taken or the URL is not available mm. or, or there are trademarking issues. So I decided uh, to set up this website because, um, you know, I felt if there was a platform out there where people could just engage with other people to get ideas uh, about names, uh, that would be a great resource. So I set this up as a resource and, uh, you know, it kind of grew organically over the uh, course of first couple of years where people started using it. We started building a community and, you know, a lot of people start see, started to see value in it because they started to get some really good name ideas for their businesses and then they recommended this to their friends. Um, Long story short, we, uh, you know, we were able to grow this platform organically to a point where, you know, uh, just fast forward to now, we currently have a community of uh, more than 70,000 people who are on this platform. And Incredible. They, uh, we've helped more than 13,000 businesses across the globe come up with a great name for their business or their brand or the product that they might be launching. And it, it has just been an amazing experience. I you know, decided to jump full-time into this uh, about a couple of years ago when I realized that the, the overall potential of this uh, this this opportunity because you know it, it, it seems like a very simple problem but a lot almost every entrepreneur has gone through this 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 problem uh, at some point in their career and and not only entrepreneurs larger companies that are launching sure. brands if you're launching a new product everything needs a name and uh, you know there is just not a very um, uh, affordable alternative available I mean, you can hire a branding agency but those uh, companies can cost upwards of you know 20 30000 dollars for your branding project. So this platform, the way this works is you can launch a naming contest on Squad Help. You just have to tell a bit more about your business, what your brand is about, you know, a few more details like that. And then within a few minutes, you will start receiving name ideas from people uh, across the globe. And, you know, our platform checks for URLs, it checks for trademarks. Um, you can engage everyone with, with all the people who are submitting ideas. You can give them feedback. Feedback, and 
And then once you have, you know, some really strong ideas, we also help you uh, test those ideas so we can, you know, do an audience testing of those ideas with uh. your target customers. So, you know, then you you have a much better uh, input in deciding what kind of name would connect the most with my brand because I have, you know, real results from hundreds of people who have voted for this one name. Um we also get you know a lot more trademark validation done. So it's a kind of an end-to-end solution for a company that is looking for a, a really powerful name. And then we do the same thing for logos and taglines. So there's a lot more we offer. Nice. Nice. So there's so there's extension product extensions that that that, tend, that come out from the uh, the brand naming. Exactly, exactly. But the yeah. core focus and the core promise of our business is around around naming and and building great brands. And then there's of course uh, other services that we offer beyond that. How do you uh, how do you make money, my friend? So it's a uh, contest-based platform, and we have different packages that, that companies have to select. So you, uh, the lowest that you would select is what's called a bronze package. You will pay about $200 to launch a contest, and we pay roughly anywhere from 40 to 50% of that goes to the one person who was selected as the winner. So we keep about half of that, and the other half goes to the, the winning, winning submission. And your team, how big is your team that makes this all happen? So at this point, we have about 10 people. Um, uh, there is a, a small team here in Chicago, and then the, we have a few additional people who are based uh, in uh, other locations uh, from a customer support perspective and a few people who handle the marketing. And um, where's the next five years of uh, squad help going to uh, going to take you? You know, for for, for me, uh, you know, I'm just passionate about uh, building something that will disrupt the brand naming industry. I think we mm. have a platform that can allow us to do that. Uh, if you had to guess, Rivers, uh, how many startups do you think launch every year? Uh, in Canada and the U.S. and North America, across what's the, the globe. G- across the across the globe? I'm going to say, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to say a billion. <laughs> it's not that high. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I like to think that big. A, that was a safe response, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's just say let's just say there's uh, ten million. Yeah, so it's about fifty million. So you know, okay. fifty million startups launch every year, and we believe you know this platform can not only address the needs of those startups, but also mm. existing companies. So the opportunity in front of us is to really become the the destination, the number one platform that you would think of when you have to think about a name. And um, we already believe at this point we are number one globally when it comes to this category. But yes. uh, the opportunity for us really is to now build awareness, is to uh, let a lot of people know that we exist and, and how we can help them. Because for many people, they don't know something like this exists. And you know, uh, we yes. have to so many customers who um, have told us that you know, if they knew something like this existed, uh, they would have used us a long time ago. But uh, you know, sure. that's really the opportunity for us oh a couple of things um how did what was the process you took to come up with the name squad help so it's interesting i actually engaged with friends and a few colleagues and we decided to you know write down some name and ideas and then i did a, a quick and dirty poll using uh, uh one of the <laughs> polling uh you know uh, software so just to get some uh, votes uh, it, it wasn't scientific. It, it uh, you know, I, I, I wish I had the luxury of using something like squad help. <laughs> yes, squad help, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yes, yeah, so uh, that's uh, been an interesting, uh, interesting journey. 
Very cool. And how do you um, how do you find the people or the organizations that ultimately are helping these companies um, identify the best uh, the best names from through the contest? You know, it is interesting. We have it has primarily grown. Um, uh, basically as a word of mouth we have not um, you know spent marketing money to uh, to basically hire people on our platform to who who come up with these ideas but what we do have we have built a fairly extensive quality scoring mechanism so anybody can sign up on our platform but uh, as they start submitting ideas our you know platform automatically checks and 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 sees how many of their ideas are being liked by these companies who are running those contests and they, right. and then we compare them to other people who are in this or submitting similar ideas. So they all all of them get a, a ranking based on how good their ideas are, and that sets their limits on terms of how many competitions they can join, how many. Ah, yeah. so it's kind of like a almost like a you know, Quora or a Reddit where you know good quality content bubbles yes. up to the top, and then we we kind of applied the same uh, thought process in terms of ranking uh, the creative people, and it's interesting that. That, you know, we have a a large number of creatives, but uh, you know, it's interesting to see that very often you see you know similar creatives winning the contest because they figured out you know, this whole branding and they've right. participated in thousands of contests, so they have uh, you know the ability to come up with very strong and powerful names, and uh, and then they they seem to get picked winner quite often. Do you uh, do you have a, a VIP B club of uh, brand namers that uh, get special treatment for uh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> talk about question. it, please. Let's, yeah, so go it's, for it's, it. It's called a, uh, a tier A creative. So we've, we've applied gamification uh, uh, to a pretty strong extent in our platform. So, you know, we have right. people earn badges, they earn, there's a leaderboard, they earn points for submitting good ideas. Uh, but what what you were referring to is what we call it tier A creatives. And yes. uh, what that means is you have to demonstrate a consistent level of quality by a combination of winning a minimum number of contests and then also uh, continue to get a, achieve a high quality score every month on your submissions. And so only about five to ten percent of our total creative community is in that exclusive group, and once you get there, then you get a lot more benefits. You can mm-hmm. you can get per, you can participate in contests early before everybody else, so you get early access, so that you can you know get your ideas noticed a lot more than others. Uh, you can also earn points, which you can then use to do a lot more things on our platform. So it's just, uh, there's a lot of um, reward-based uh, 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 incentives that we have built into the platform and the people who are in this uh, tier A group get to you know enjoy those rewards a lot more. Uh, we also have contests that are only open to tier A creatives, which means that only those people who are in that elite team will, will be able to join them. So it just gives them a lot more monetization opportunities on our on our platform is there a potential for somebody to fall out of tier a uh, there is yes so as long so if you're not able to you know uh, there's a minimum uh, level of quality score that you have to uh, maintain and and if there is a month where you for some reason you started you know you shifted your naming direction and you started throwing a bunch of random ideas to these contests, then of course your uh, score will drop in which case uh, you will uh, you will no longer have that status 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. So that's I think that's the fear of getting kicked out is probably worse than the uh, the opportunity to uh, to get in. So I think that's very cool. And um, I, I got to ask you this. Um, you know, it, I'm a big brand guy. I love the whole branding exercise, and I see so many companies not give the appropriate attention to strategically building their brand, of which name is part of it. Um, does it does it shock you that not enough companies actually give enough focus to something as important that they would, by the way, give to naming their own child? You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, so there is a few different things that we, we kind of see. Uh, personally, I mean, I've seen some companies, you know, spend a lot of time and effort, but uh, I feel sometimes they're chasing a, a, a problem which they shouldn't be chasing. So a lot of companies want... Of course, names that are easy to pronounce, names that mm-hmm. are one word that, you know, that they can buy a .com URL on, names that can, you know, directly evoke, a, you know, a, a strong meaning of what their business does. But there is many different techniques that are out there in which, uh, you know, you can build a much stronger brand and not spend as much time and effort and money uh, by, you know, going after names that are more intriguing names that have a more of a emotional connection with your customer. So I do think that um, while there are some companies who, who spend a lot of time and effort, there are many who don't spend the right time and effort on solving the right problem. Um, yes. On the other side, yes, there are quite a few who I believe do not recognize um, the value of what a strong name can do for you. You know, mm-hmm. this whole ROI, why should I spend a few hundred dollars in yeah. coming up with the name? What's the ROI? And it's an interesting topic. I mean, uh, uh, what's the ROI of, um, you know, an additional 10% customers remembering you because you had a strong name? Oh, yes. Or an additional 5% people recommending you to their friends because, you know, they, they, they recalled your brand more than anybody else. So there is a lot more um, uh, value than a lot of people think about when it comes to naming and branding. And, you know, that's where, you know, uh, part of our job is to educate people in terms of how important branding is and then building the, giving them the right tools to come up with one. I love that you just touched on that education piece because particularly as uh, innovation gets much more deep and, and extensive, there are there are just amazing, I'll call them inventions, uh, discoveries of which people would say, what are you talking about? And why would I even continue to and even be, uh, you know, put money into you? How do you, and so education becomes very much a play in getting people to understand what it is you're offering. So talk about it, if you could, about some of the, what are some of the the tactics we could just uh, reference that you use to educate your clients on branding? So we have actually written um, ebooks for our customers. So anybody who okay. comes on our site, you can, of course, you can learn the, uh, about how this, how this whole thing works. But if you go to our blog, we write so much about branding and name styles and name theories and why certain styles work for certain companies. I mean, we have analyzed more than 5 million names at this point because they, wow. I mean, they have that many names that have been submitted into our platform. And, yes. and we have found a lot of interesting connections around you know, agencies, what kind of styles work for them versus if you are you know, a brand that is focusing on kids, what kind of style would work for you? So there's a lot of uh, you know uh, work that we have done and uh, we're kind of writing a lot about that. Uh, we also written an ebook, uh, so it kind of goes through uh, step 
step-by-step guide around how to come up with a strong name. So even if you don't use our platform, I feel a resource like that is yes. very beneficial for people because, you know, uh, it kind of makes you, uh, it, it adds a bit more structure to this whole process because a lot of times people have a great idea for a business and they immediately start thinking of, okay, let me call, uh, come up with you know, five different names, talk to friends, but it's important to take a step mm-hmm. back, write down a few things about your business and more importantly, your brand because, you know, business and brand are, are, are while they're related, they are, they are two different things. Uh, mm-hmm. You could be doing a lot of things in your business, but your brand maybe you want your brand to be playful. You want your brand to convey a certain emotion. So it's the brand that you want to focus on in in kind of uh, you know coming up with a strong name, and and those are the things we we kind of uh, you know talk about along with some tactics. And you know we have we send those out as an email to people who are on our platform. We of course uh, offer that to anybody who's not looking to launch a contest, but only of course. So so there's a lot of you know tools that we have on our platform to to help with that with that with that and uh, you know we, we will continue to kind of focus on adding more yeah well you're helping and you're engaging the client and you're becoming known as the as a subject matter expert which uh, I think is a great lesson for our listeners uh, and that's how you get trust credibility and ultimately you can charge uh, higher prices because people start to appreciate that you are the expert in that area and I'm, and I'm not suggesting your pri- your prices are uh, expensive but I'm suggesting that you still have that luxury yep. because you've identified what that value is that's Absolutely. awesome stuff um, Darpan take us through if someone was going to I mean you've got a lot of experience experience in this whole area of, uh, of digital marketing services uh, with regards to, you know, Sears and Kmart and Fashionara and Squad Help and so on. If someone was going to, you know, launch uh, their, the, you know, the, the, the basic e-commerce site uh, as part of their business offerings, what are the top three things that you say, this is what you must do or else you will fail? So uh, I think it, it, you know, of course, there are some basic elements uh, which I won't talk about, like you know, finding a strong e-commerce platform that can scale with you as you grow your business. Right. Uh, there are some things that I do think are extremely important, which uh, you know, some companies do go after, others do not. Uh, one of them is you know, investing in a pretty robust analytics solution. So, you know, it's important, mm. it's it's extremely important to get a pulse on where your visitors are going, what are they doing on your site, why are they not converting? And you can only answer all those questions if you kind of invest in analytics, if you have the ability to recognize right. trends. And, and then there is, you know, you don't have to, you know, pay a lot of money for, for these things. A lot of these things are available at no cost today. So um, it's just building the right foundation because uh, the moment you start bringing visitors to your to your site, they're all leaving a footprint. Uh, they, you can easily start seeing where which pages they're going. Maybe the call to action needs to change on your uh-huh. website. So all those things are important. And I feel that uh, what differentiates a strong online player from others is, uh, of course, you know, product and assortment and uh, pricing, all those things need to make sense. But beyond that, everything else being equal, it's those who invest in really understanding the analytics and how certain things are happening and why they're happening, and then taking action very, very rapidly to to test. I think it's what, what kind of uh, makes them successful. Um, so to me, 
analytics and you know things like A/B testing go side by side, and I feel both of those things are extremely important to anyone who's thinking of um, online business. And it doesn't have to be retail; any sort of online platform or or, or business that you're looking after, going after, uh, investing in strong tools around those two categories would would certainly you know move you much further ahead than what you would otherwise. Well, business is a dating game, isn't it? And the more you know about the person you want to date, the odds of success become that much higher. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Um, I I wanted to ask you about uh, the decision for traditional businesses, you know, uh, know, um, bricks and mortar businesses. What's your advice to them where they say, when should I make the move to an e-commerce platform that, uh, that ultimately brings my products and services to to those that are online so is there is there a point that you would say you know these when these things line up then that's when you should consider it yeah so i think uh, there are a few different considerations um you know a lot of times people think about moving online just so that that becomes another channel for them to sell their products and services and i think that's that's a that's a that's that's one way to think about it but the other way is uh, that online can actually extend what you're doing physically because um, uh, you know, every physical retailer uh, has this this concern about inventory cost and you know the turns of inventory and how often am I able to sell my products and what am I going to do in terms of clearing out products that don't sell. You can. Um, uh, so you can keep a lot of products that that are fast moving and that are selling quite frequently in your store, but you cannot afford to keep that what's called a long tail kind of assortment in your store. I mean, you can. Right. Uh, so you may have um, mm. if you are selling um, apparel, you may have the most popular colors that you stock on your on in your in your store, but but beyond that, you may not be able to you know stock those uh, those um, um, uh, you know styles and colors or sizes that are not that don't sell that often but e-commerce right. allows you to you know expand your assortment by you know mm. virtually to a much larger selection by you know either partnering or or storing your inventory in one place and you know pulling all that demand that's coming in from different locations or even you know moving to something like a, a drop shipping or a marketplace where you know you are bringing additional people additional sellers onto your platform uh, since you know you have customers who are coming to you um, and if they're looking for those products uh, that just becomes an easy mechanism for you to kind of monetize on, on on those visits as long as those products are consistent with the with the brand that you're looking to build so I think there's a lot that can be done online that will actually allow you to uh, uh, go beyond the opportunity that you're seeing in a physical store. Um, now, of course, um, it does require a, you know, uh, there's a cost of setting all that up and there is a cost of sure. marketing all that. But in the end, you know, at this point, I don't believe it's a question of whether or not um, should physical businesses move online. It's about, you know, what's the best way to for them to do that. They can either build their own presence or they can, you know, ride on existing marketplaces like Amazon or Walmart and, you know, start listing their products on those first. So there's a lot of different means to go online but i do think at this point everyone should be thinking about how to uh, you know and take advantage of that channel 
So I have two more quick questions I want to ask, uh, and so much appreciate your time. The time has really flown today in this conversation. Um, the first one has to do with uh, my reference to the Washington Post and India Times and so on. I mean, uh, you know, we all know what's happening to traditional uh, newspaper organizations, um, but yet how do they compete online when content is so readily available for free in other, in other areas? What are you seeing as, as the best practices for organizations like that going online? So, I mean, I think there is there are opportunities to be had if you if you are a strong brand. I mean, there is no question that as a company, you always have to adjust your strategy. And clearly, if you are in a content play today, um, that strategy cannot be that you will only you know offer paid content. And a lot of that is available uh, online elsewhere. So um, there is other mechanisms or opportunities that some of these companies are getting into. For example, you know, Washington Post now has built a um, a fairly sophisticated technology that allows them to offer their platform to other newspapers to mm. for them to kind of uh, you know run their websites on so very similar interesting to, very similar to how amazon is able to monetize all the infrastructure they have uh, and they're offering that to you know other websites um, washington post is you know doing very similar you know uh, uh, basically they have a very similar offering uh, on the content and, and 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 news platform side and you know of course uh, there is a link between the two with, with Jeff Love Bezos. It. Um, but yes, so I think it's for any business, uh, I, I do think there are opportunities. You just have to react to the market and, and recognize what are your core strengths and how are you going to monetize on those core strengths. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you're always going to be a newspaper company. Maybe at some point, right. become a technology company and, uh, right. and you kind of start leveraging those, those assets. And do your data analytics and do the A-B testing. Exactly. And I'll focus on the Yes. I, lo- I love it. Well, you allowed me to circle back to I, what I think is very important in this conversation, and it, it has to do directly with helping you continue your great work. Uh, Darpan, can you tell us as to what's the best way for uh, our listeners, of which there's thousands and thousands of them, to uh, to get a hold of Squad Help? Yeah, absolutely. So best way for you would be to go to squadhelp.com and... And, uh, you know, if you are interested in just learning more or checking out that ebook I was talking about, there should be a link uh, right on the main page. Uh, or you can, you know, of course, launch a contest. Or if you just want to participate in some contests and submit ideas, uh. you can just join as a creative and, uh, and kind of uh, test drive the platform. Um, you can also connect with me directly on LinkedIn or just shoot me an email at uh, darpan at squadhelp.com. You're having a great time with uh, Squad Help, aren't you? I love it. Yeah, I can see it. I can, I can see it. Even though I don't see you, I can hear your smile just uh, when you're uh, when you're talking about it. My great friend, I thank you so much for being on the Startup Canada podcast show today. Uh, you've given us a lot to think about and a lot to act on, also, which is uh, exactly what I want to bring value for our listeners. So uh, keep doing your magic and uh, and and, and uh, best of luck with Squad Help into the future. Well, thank you, viewers. Thanks for having me on. 
Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Dr. Leslie McGue, CEO of GoForth Institute, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast with Rivers Corbett. So you're now at that's that first six months. You and I, you and I connected on the internet through LinkedIn, which is kind of interesting uh, to think about that journey. Uh, you started to put together the curriculum, the people, uh, the video production, all those pieces of a puzzle with a you know a team that you just brought together and made it happen with your own investment dollars and all that kind of stuff that was going on and uh, you know can you talk about the again those first six months 12 months get going to give us the highlights it was like because when I'm hearing this and I've heard this I've heard this story so many times but I've heard it and it's the value propositions there the customer segmentation is identified it should be a natural match you should be able to build it and they will come but that's not what happened <laughs> This is this. Do I have to go through the first year? Because this is always the part that makes me cry. But <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> no, do. You're teasing. gonna have to talk about the time you had to sell your car I'm, too. I'm I want to talk about that. I am just teasing, and I'm it's a, a good real... news story, folks. It, uh, it, it, it's a good news story today. So, <laughs> although I may make her cry, she does smile at the end of the story. <laughs> I am one of those entrepreneurs that loves to tell the real story, not the yes. Not the real yes. pretty story of the success ten years down the road, because I don't think that I don't think that's real. It's it's the authentic journey of what it takes to become an entrepreneur, and mm. most mo- we we lose most of our brethren uh, as they make the journey. Right, we lose seventy percent of our business uh, businesses and business owners uh, as they make the journey to entrepreneurship. So. I, I credit a lot of wonderful people, a lot of good luck with with getting there. But the early rivers, it, and you made the you made a great point about so you you know you launched the company and everybody's been identified and you've done all this market research and then what happens? Well, we had one guy purchase our online training, so we launched the website. We had big <laughs> what was his platform. name? What was it? And, <laughs> I'm not going to find him on air, but anyway, so just <laughs> one guy. And I remember thinking, I am. I am so deep. I am deeply screwed here. This is um, probably, it was just under a million dollar investment that we bootstrapped. When I say we, I include my husband, Mike, in this story because we uh, took our retirement savings and we threw it at this venture. And that was before, you know, Eric Rice and the Lean Startup and, <laughs> and iterating and pivoting and all those cool things that we do today to build minimum viable product strategies. At that time, it was all heavy market research, heavy investment, perfect everything before you bring it live and before you get feedback. We had gotten feedback through some market research that we had conducted with Angus Reid that told us we were right on point. The product was Mm -hmm. on point, the price Mm -hmm. was on point, everything was there. Go ahead and launch, you're gonna be an overnight success. And one guy purchased. 